It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. Good morning. Welcome into the Eagles Nest here in the Bradley Basin Studio in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University. It is about 60 degrees and rainy outside. I am wearing shorts and short sleeves and was not freezing. So that is always a good sign that spring is right around the corner. Once again, please be sure to tweet at us during today's show at Daniel J. Locke or at the Griggs B. Griggs, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good, Daniel. Doing good. A little bit of a droggy morning, but glad to be here for the next hour talking sports. Absolutely. So we have a lot to unpack, so let's just get right into it. Auburn's still number one, Mm -hmm. swept Alabama. You and I got to know each other pretty good on Wednesday. We talked about anything and everything that we could think of to pass the time. Yeah, well, that'll happen when you're in line from 10 a.m. until the doors open at 6. Yeah, the one thing I didn't like is when you ripped on me for watching Seinfeld, but then you realized that you were thinking of Friends, and I agree, Friends is overrated, but Seinfeld's (laughs) goaded. Yeah, all right, so let's talk a little bit about Auburn basketball uh, the past week, do a little bit of a week recap. Uh, On last Saturday, Auburn beat Oklahoma uh, 86-68 here at Auburn Arena in the SEC Big 12, uh, what is that, challenge? Yeah, and to be honest, I've kind of had it with that. I'd like to switch it up, maybe do SEC, ACC from now on, but that'll probably never that would, happen. That would not go well. That would not. That'd be very SEC this year, but other years, you never know. But, yeah, leading the way in scoring was Jabari Smith, who had 23 points, who also led the team in rebounds with 12. And a surprising name to add to this list, Alan Flanagan had four assists. It's really good to see Flynn getting back into Auburn statistical leaders since I'm not sure how closely he followed Auburn basketball last year, but he was the man. Him, Devin yeah. Cambridge, and Justin Powell, who I can't wait to beat Justin Powell in about three weeks. But Yeah, he was I mean, he was the man last year from what I've gathered from people, but ever since he tore that Achilles, I'm I don't know if you agree with this. He's just not had that game where he's like, Okay, Allen's back now. This is like last year. Yeah, I would agree. He's just been kind of – I was so hyped when I found out he was going to be starting the LSU game because mm-hmm. that was his return to action because um, I can't remember who it was. with was out. Devin Cambridge was out with COVID for that game. So I was like, okay, this is it. Flan's back. Top 25 matchup here in Auburn Arena. Mm-hmm. Packed out. Flan's going to steal the show. And he got a very, very big ovation during the starting lineups, but that was really – about it for the noise made for Flan that night. Like, Leor Berman scored more than him that night, if I'm not mistaken. Leor's probably scored more than him a few times this year. But yeah, he probably just came so. back. But, yeah, yeah, he just needs that one game, I think, to just get that confidence back and what he had going from last year. I mean, Achilles' injury in, the, the like, what was that, like, September? And he's back in late December? Like, late, late, late I don't December. know exactly when it was, but that just – do you know how that happened? I think it was practice. Or, no, was no, it a scooter? It was, it was a scooter. scooter, yep. That's yeah. why I'm not a fan of the scooters for athletes. Hey, I'm going to say one thing. I've never, I've seen people, athletes on campus riding around the scooters. I've seen one athlete I've never seen with a scooter. That is Walker Kessler walking to class. Yeah, I've, I've seen Walker without one before. I don't think he could fit on that. <laughs> He'd be hitting his head on some stuff. Yeah, I don't think it'd be very but, good. I mean, 86 points on a really good defense. That's the most that. Um, Porter Moser has allowed since, I believe, St. Louis when they're playing Loyola Chicago. So that's a very good defense that uh, Porter Moser has at OU, and 
once he gets some recruits in, I think that'll be a good program over there. In the, eh, maybe not be a good program once it reaches the SEC, but for the next couple of years when it's in the Big 12, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, it's about to get tough because the SEC's really taken over basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to just be Kentucky, and I know Florida was good in the late 2000s. Um, Last back-to-back national champions. Yeah, but th- for a long time, that was it. Mm-hmm. But now, like, the SEC probably is just about as many ranked teams as anyone. I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but us, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, that's that's four. Uh, I'm sure. Speaking of L- I don't know how LSU's still ranked. That is, I don't either. I mean, I guess they've had some injury luck, but I don't think you should look at that too much when it comes to that. But let's move on to the other day on Tuesday here at Auburn Arena where the Auburn Tigers defeated the Alabama Crimson Tide 181. Al- Auburn outscored them in the first half 51-37. Alabama made a little push there in the start of the second half, but then Auburn finished the job, ending up outscoring them 49-44 in the second half. Wendell Green Jr. led the way with scoring with 23 points. Walker Kessler, 12 rebounds, and Wendell Green Jr. again with six assists. Speaking of Wendell Green, top, in the uh, watch list right now for the top, and one of the top 10 point guards in the nation for the, uh, what was it, the Jerry West Award? Yeah, the Jerry West Award, which awards it's the award to the best collegiate point guard. I looked down up and down that list. I didn't see another person coming off the bench on that list. No, that just, I didn't either. That just speaks to the depth Auburn has on their team. It really does. And like moving into this Alabama team, like this Alabama team's legit. Like I love the trash on them mm-hmm. just because so many of my friends have given me trash mm-hmm. over the years about Auburn athletics. So any chance I get to rub that in their face, I'm absolutely going to take full advantage. But Jaden Shackelford's legit. He is really, really good. I mean, yeah. I didn't buy his hype for a while. We didn't really see him much when we played in Tuscaloosa. No, we didn't. I, th- I think he got in some foul trouble, kind of like Walker did and had a quiet game, I'll consequently. What, I'll see what he did. Um, Yeah, at home versus Auburn. Wait, where did it go? Yeah, at home versus Auburn, he um, had 29 minutes, but only – 13 points. I mean, they're only 13 is not saying much but for him, but like he, last night he had 26. Speaking, that Alabama team is one of the most confusing teams. I've followed college basketball a long time, but they the only team they've really not played up to their competition right now is Auburn. Right, and that's it's crazy to think that they've knocked off three of the last – or three of last year's Final Four teams. Like they – the scoreboard makes the Baylor game look a lot closer than it was. Mm-hmm. I was at that game with my dad because, you know, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. And that was one of the most dominating I, I just if if you had if I just watched the game, never looked at the scoreboard, I would guess that Baylor lost by twenty. Like they just never had a footing in that game and they just did they played pretty good defense for a while, but in the second half, Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly were just hot. That, I mean, they just beat a Baylor team that was number one for like five or six weeks this year. But and then they lost. They lost to Georgia four, three days beforehand. Right. Who I feel like is hands down the worst team in the SEC. I mean, that just speaks to how mind-boggling this team is. I mean, you get wins over Gonzaga. One of two teams to beat Gonzaga this year, besides Duke. Duke, and Alabama, the only two teams to beat Gonzaga. You beat Baylor. And then you, uh, who else did they beat that was really good? Houston. They beat Houston, yes. And I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Kentucky on Saturday. Yeah, coming up later, we'll talk about that in our Who You Got pick them. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. But then you have, um, but then you lose to teams like Iona, Rick Bettino, and the Gales. 
you lose yeah. to da- you lose to Davidson in Birmingham. Right. That's they- sort of like I was debating with my friend Will about this. He was like, "It's not a home game. It doesn't matter." And I was like, "Okay. Well, it, think about it when y'all went up to be and you beat Washington and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't a home game, but it was. You- so you got to be consistent with that." Davidson and Birmingham. I've been to a game where it was Davidson versus Wake in Charlotte. Davidson's like 20 minutes away. There was like probably 250 Davidson fans there for a game 30 minutes away. Yeah, and that's in, in Birmingham. This is a team that was ranked what in the like top 15 going into the season. I think I want to say they were top 10 at one point. Uh, this might be a hot take, but this year's Alabama team kind of playing like this year's North Carolina football team. Yeah, I can see that. Starting the year in the top ten, the AP poll, losing that first game in Virginia Tech and Lane Stadium, and then just ended up finishing six and seven. But yeah, I don't know what to think about that Alabama team. I mean, John Rothstein said it best: they can either make the Final Four or get bounced in the first round. Yeah, I hope it's the I hope it's the latter. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I think that was one of Auburn's best all around performances. I mean, Auburn shot Auburn made five threes, and we won by nineteen points. Yeah, that's just, you know, normally, like, Alabama literally lives and dies with the three. Like, that is their I mean, biggest people, thing. Alabama fans complain about the uh, the foul difference, but, I mean, you shot 37 three-pointers. Three, uh, three we shot most of our shots in the um in the paint and everything. That's how you get fouls. Yeah. You don't – it's rare. We, that's a less percentage of you getting a foul call out there. But, yeah, they end up – they shot 14 of 37 from, th- uh, from three. We shot five of 21. I didn't think that we were missing that many three-pointers, but I guess it was just the atmosphere I was in, com- surrounded in. Yeah, and that atmosphere was – I honestly think that that may have been louder in the Kentucky game. I mean, that was, I wasn't in the jungle for the Kentucky game. Me and you both, we both weren't, but I think it was, yeah, louder than that. But, yeah, because just being down – and maybe if I was down on the floor with mm-hmm. all the noise bearing down on me, the Kentucky game would have been louder. Mm-hmm. But when Carter Sabera, a walk-on, it's was – and one. That that's honestly, that I think the loudest crazy. thing. That's the loudest I've. I was heard. scared he was not going to make the free throw. I'm like, okay, bro. You just yeah, made I was like, this come play. on, bro. You got to hit the free throw. But he did, but he- and that just goes to show that I just love how our walk-ons weren't intimidated at all going up against Alabama starters like Javon Quinterly, mm-hmm. Jaden Shackelford, J.D. Davis, and they're like, you're no different than going up against I mean, Ockham in practice. A like, team that beat Baylor, what? Three or four days ago from the game, and we're playing our walk-ons. Yeah, at the end, that's incredible. But yeah, let's finish it off before we have to jump into our next segment. We talked about it at the end of last week's show, but Bruce Pearl locked him up for life, as Alan Green. Were said. you at the gymnastics meet on Friday? I was not. I was out of town. I was in uh, Georgia for a retreat. But oh yeah, that's right. That that may have. That's probably the third loudest I've ever heard Auburn Arena was when they played that video. Before the meet started, mm-hmm. and you know that—that's just—I thought that was a pretty cool way. I to was do driving. It. I was with my friends. I'm like, I'm looking through my like. He was showing me something. He's like, "Oh my gosh, we got Bruce back." I'm like, "Wait, what?" I was driving, so. Which I mean, there was never any doubt. I knew we were going to. I, I mean, knew. I, I think his agent, literally, his agent is a genius, getting that Louisville hype going, and then yeah, logging. but now he's the fourth highest paid coach in college basketball behind. Uh, Cal Perry at Kentucky, Krzyzewski at Duke, and Jay Wright at Villanova. So that means Can we agree that two of those three are very overpaid? I bl- yes. Okay, actually, let me rephrase that. I don't think that Wright is because, I mean, he won two natties 
which is what Cal Perry I won couldn't that, do. I forgot he won that second natty. Yeah, because yeah, there was the one the they upset Chapel Hill. That was sad for me. I was cheering for Chapel Hill, but yeah. Um, but yeah, next year he'll jump to number three since Kay's retiring, and then I think at the end of his contract he'll be getting paid, according to SportsIllustrated.com, six point two seven five, which means he jumped Jay Wright. I believe that's correct. So he would end up being the second highest paid coach in college basketball. Whatever Cal Perry's getting, I'd cut it by two million. I, that really? might be a hot take, but really? I just I don't think he's worth it. I mean, last year the the one and done thing killed him because they were really they were awful last year. They were historically bad for Kentucky. They yeah, didn't make the tournament. Which I remember last year it was crazy to see there was an AP top twenty five poll that was missing Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, and like it was the, the first time since nineteen twenty five. I be, yeah, I remember seeing that thing too, but. Bruce is here. Hopefully that means we'll be getting some recruits. Heard some good stuff with um, top point guard in the 23 class, Aiden Holloway. I saw him at the game the other day talking about he had a, Auburn is a very top, top school for him. So hopefully we'll be getting some of these recruits in more. I mean, I think the eight-year contract and the new facilities we're going to be talking about here in, what, tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, talking about tomorrow at the board meeting, but – Hopefully they'll be able to draw in more recruits. Yeah, like we got to find a way to catch up with Alabama for that next year's class because they're I mean, looking. We don't even good. know Nate Oates is going to be there next year. I hope not. But yeah, I mean, I, don't I get like it. Nate Oates. It would be I would be lying if I said I wasn't a fan of Nate Oates. But it would be nice to see him somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I would love some. I mean, I can't believe they got the recruits that they have next year. For I think yeah, yeah they insane. have like two five stars or yeah, one or two, two five, but. Yeah, but maybe that'll change. I don't know. We'll see the losing program. But I had a dream last night where Jabari stayed next year. And then I woke up and I was like, Dang. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a dream for all of us? That would I think that'd shock everything. As of now, I feel like that's our biggest hope of being able to compete with Alabama next year. I think we'll be fine next year with who we got coming back. I mean, Wendell's gonna start next year, which is gonna be a good thing for him, I think. Cause Zepp's our only tr- uh, true senior mm-hmm. that's actually plays some. But I wonder if he may have a COVID year lying around. Who? Zep. What about Zep? Like they gave, you know, how they gave everyone a little extra eligibility because of COVID. I wonder if he has a year. I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, he's on his thing, but yeah. yeah. That's going to do it for the college basketball talk here on today's show. When we come back, we are going to be diving into some NFL talk. You are listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Uh, back here with Daniel and Griggs. And now we're going to talk a little bit about last week's NFC and AFC Championship. Where we'll have news, breaking news coming in for us. We'll be having a special two-hour edition of the Eagles next, next week, 10 to 12 Central Time. We will be diving heavily into the Super Bowl. Maybe even have some special guests coming in talking about it. Who knows? Get some maybe some Bengals if we can ever find a Rams fan, but yeah, let's talk about this divisional round. First game of the day last Sunday: Cincinnati twenty-seven, Kansas City twenty-four in overtime in Arrowhead Stadium. Joe Cool did it. Joe Burr. I think this is one. I think people were talking. I remember seeing this somewhere, but that is one of the greatest two-year turnarounds. I think we've had it in recent NFL history, if you think about it. I mean, he didn't even play all of last year. No, he didn't. Got hurt week 11. They got like the sixth or seventh pick. Is that correct? Yeah. And 
it's just it's crazy to think that that's how far they've come this year. And, you know, they went to Kansas City, which is a tough place to play. And, you know, they defied the odds. They became the second-ever NFL team in the playoffs that in a game that went to overtime to win, and they didn't win the coin toss. The first was the Rams back in the 2018-2019 season in New Orleans. But, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not going to get off on that. But, you know, they, they defied the odds. The defense was able to stop Patrick Mahomes. And I really – I was rooting for the Bengals so hard. I think I, everyone is rooting for the Bengals now, unless you're a, a Rams fan or I'd maybe even say a, um, a Lions fan. Oh, yeah. This is the best it's ever going to get for the Lions. You've got Matt Stafford and Eminem in the same Super Bowl. They're ecstatic. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, Evan McPherson, my good gosh. I mean – you talk about clutch kickers. I think you got to put them up there right now. With I think the top three kickers in the league are T- uh, Tucker, of course, Carlson, and then McPherson. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I be, I feel like a year ago you could have said Youngway Koo, but not he kind of missed some big kicks this year, so I feel like he's kind of dropped out for now. But you know, maybe next year he'll bounce back. But we're not talking about no silly Falcons on this I mean, show. <laughs> But, yeah, I think a big key for them, the Bengals going in the Super Bowl a little bit, I'll say, is uh, Uzama. I think he. Uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, they say it looks positive. I wonder, I, I, If I had to guess right now, I'd say probably he'll play just because, hey, it's the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'll ever make it back here. Let's yeah, give this you've got to put all your chips on the table. But <clears throat> Pat, uh, <laughs> Josh Allen, I don't know if you saw it. Josh Allen tweeted when the Chiefs won the coin toss, pain. That was pretty oh, yeah, funny. but. That. Yeah, Joe um, uh, Patrick Mahomes through the interception, tipped by my boy Jesse Bates. I was hype. Got that they got the interception and Money McPherson kicked it home. Yeah, and like let's just talk about first of all Joe Mixon. He's been with the Bengals for a while, and I think he's one of the more underrated, consistent running backs in the league. I do too, and he's he's been with the Bengals for feels like forever. It's probably not as long as I think. I, I feel like I've had him on my fantasy team like the past four or five years. Yeah, so he was there when the Bengals were terrible. Like, and for him to be able to stay loyal to that team and, in, you know, a week from Sunday he's playing for a Super Bowl with mm-hmm. that team, that's just awesome to see. Like, in the conference championship game, he ran for 88 yards off of 21 carries. On the other side, um... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran for 36 yards off six carries. Jarrett McKinnon, 65 yards off of 12 carries. Mm-hmm. So he almost had more yards than McKinnon and Edwards-Hilaire combined. So he he was a workhorse when he needed to be. And also, he caught some passes too. He had three catches for 27 yards. But can we just talk about the receiving threat for Cincinnati? Even without C.J. Uzuma. T. Higgins caught for 103 yards off of six catches. Jamar Chase had six catches, good for 54 yards. Sam J. Perrine, 43 yards off of three receptions. There's so many guys who had a good number of catches. And then on the other side, Travis Kelsey had 10 for 95 and a touchdown. Tyree Kill had seven for 78 yards and a touchdown. Then that's it. Everyone else Patrick Mahomes threw to had three or less. So I feel like... 
Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, or I guess this is more of a Cincinnati thing than a Joe Burrow thing, they've done a great job of making sure he has people to throw the ball to. I mean, yeah, I mean, he'll get sacked. He'll get sacked like six or seven times a That's game, the perhaps. next thing they need yeah. to address. Yeah, but he'll get six, he'll maybe get sacked five, six, seven times a game, but he'll make five, six, seven crazy plays. I mean, did you see that one first down where he looked like he got sacked? The guy was chasing behind him. He looked back, jumped over the dude, and got the first down. Yeah, that was nuts. By a second-year player. That is crazy. He has the chance to become the first-ever player to win the Heisman, a national championship, and a Super Bowl, which is actually kind of really? crazy to think about it. I mean, yeah. think about all the chances that people I guess had. Cam got close. Oh, speaking of that, too can soon? you uh, – Not too soon. I've blocked that all out of my memory. <laughs> but this is the first uh, – this, oh, this is, I believe – can you name – sorry. Can you name the last time – where two former first overall picks were playing in a Super Bowl. I guess, uh, it's been they, someone posted a couple days ago. Uh, I was l- going to let ask me you try. This. Um, last two times because Stafford out of Georgia and then Burrow out of LSU. Last I feel like two I times. Know. The last time it happened. I'm just gonna guess Cam and Peyton. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cam wow, number one was... out of Auburn and then Peyton number one out of Tennessee. That was a shot in the dark. But yeah. So it's really, I mean, I'm happy for my Bengals. Uh, the my my friend who's a Bengal fan, shout out Jeffrey. But I mean, this is crazy. I mean, they've won like three playoff games. These Jeffrey past. sure does get a lot of airtime. Tell him to call in next week. Let's have Jeffrey on. Yeah, let's get Jeffrey on. I'll talk to him about that. But I mean, because he's the only Bengals fan I've ever met. But yeah, uh, um, Caleb Jones. I'm not sure if you know him. He works over at the Plainsman. He's a Bengals fan. I have to get him on too for our Super Bowl special next week, ten to twelve. But want to segue into the other side. Let's do it. Yeah, 49ers Rams final score: 49ers 17, Rams 20. Los Angeles. The Los Angeles scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. So yeah, their offense looked dead in the water the whole game. I mean, we. I mean, we said it last week. What was the first quarterback to make a really big mistake was going to lose that game? And yeah, Garoppolo. It was almost massive. It was after. almost the, I can't believe he didn't catch that. It was a punt. Dude. It, was, it looked like it was a punt. The guy literally dropped it. I saw this one. You know, I can't remember his first name, but Tart, the guy on the. Do you know his first name? On the Forty ers who dropped the ball. Uh, I do not. Anyways, his last name is Tart, and I saw a meme after. It was him on a Pop Tart box, but it said "Drop Tart." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Dang, they really had to do him like that." I mean, there was so much red in that stadium too. Yeah, that they invaded it again. It looked like Coleman Coliseum on January 11th, but except replaced red with navy blue and orange. But it's gonna be interesting for the Super Bowl because I know, like, I don't think the home crowd thing makes a difference really for the Super Bowl. I no. mean, but that, can you believe that we went 50 something years without a team playing the Super Bowl in their whole stadium? And then we get two years back to back. Right. Granted, last year it was a little less because, you know, limited capacity. Bit, but. However, this year, like, that's not a thing. You know, it's. Even though it is in stadium. California. <laughs> right. Like, they can have a full stadium, but UCLA basketball can't. Like, that's just be consistent. But, you know. Is that a dome stadium? I can't tell. It's. LA? Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Okay. But it's got, like, that weird roof looking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of like Atlanta has. Uh, okay. But, Wait, um, but it's not retractable, though, is it? I think it is. Yeah, whatever. But, but it was funny. I mean, 49ers fans, I have some friends who are 49ers fans. They were pissed after that game. But literally, like, less than 48 hours after the game, there was already reports that Jimmy G, they were looking for trades for Jimmy G. Where do you think he'll end up? 
Could you see Tampa? I could. Think about it. My top three are Tampa, Green Bay, and Tennessee. I mean, right now Tennessee and Green Bay still have their quarterbacks. I feel like if it was Green Bay, it would be a trade. And at this point, Tennessee is going to do – I feel like they're they're I, like times run out. I don't think Rodgers is going to retire. Now, will he be back with the Packers? I don't know. But here's the – I've been saying this for weeks. I think if he goes anywhere, it's Denver. My big thing on that is he's from California. Kind of – he played part of his college ball at Cal. His first part was at Juco. So, the Niners were the team he rooted for growing up. He'd be close to home. I'm not really sure how much Aaron Rodgers cares about that. You can't convince me. <laughs> he doesn't really me, have good relations with his family. But. No, but you can't convince me it's a lot of fun to play in six degrees. You just can't. So I feel like if you were to go He's out. used to it. I mean, that, that can be seen as a competitive advantage. Yeah, it can be. But I feel like he's either going to retire. There are three things. He'll either stay a Packer, he'll retire, or he'll be traded to Green Bay. So Traded I, to Green, from Green Bay, you mean? Yeah. Okay. That's what I meant. My bad. So I feel like that's that's why I'm thinking that Jimmy G could end up mm-hmm. in Green Bay is I feel like they might trade for him. But for Tennessee, as bad as Ryan Tannehill choked in the playoffs. I mean, but they're still the one seed though, without Derrick Henry, so it has to it can't all be on him. Right, but at the same time, it's impossible to go anywhere in this league without a quarterback. Yeah, true. But speaking of that, Debo Samuel, how good can he be with an actual quarterback besides Jimmy Garoppolo? I think He's already one of the top five receivers in the league. Yeah, he had an off day on Sunday, only catching for 26 yards off of seven catches. However, oh, that, was, that was runs, carries. Oh, my fault. God. He had 72 yards on four, four carries. Four touchdown. Four but, but, yeah, yeah he's, he's a monster. He's insane. I mean, you need to get him with a good quarterback. If you get him with a good quarterback and keep that defense the way kind of it is right now, fix up a little bit. I don't know if Trey Trey Lance is the uh, Trey Lance is the answer for them, but I guess they're gonna have to test, try it out next year if they don't want to get rid of Jimmy. But yeah. final but, point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't see how Eli Apple is going to cover Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham Jr. Well, hopefully my boy Jesse helps it out there. But speaking of Cooper Cup, my goodness, whole. 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. He might be having one of the greatest single-season uh, receiving performances of any wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I mean... If there was a triple crown he, for receivers, I think he shattered He it. already did. He won the triple crown this year for catches, yards, and touchdowns for a receiver. I mean... Not bad. Not bad at all. I mean, if this wasn't such a quarterback-centered league, I think you have to give him MVP. Yeah. But I think he'll win offensive most valuable player, whatever that means. Yeah. But I think it'll go to Rodgers. I think so, too. But I mean, I, The big news before we go to break this week, Tom Brady retired. I mean, he still – I think you could say he beat time, actually. I think he had another three or four years in him. I do, too. But, you know, if you're that age, you turn 45 in June, I just – you got kids that are growing up. I, he I threw for 5,000 yards this year. Yeah, he did. I think he actually – I think that's the first – Ever player in the NFL to ever make, besides maybe Frank Gore, he beat time. Yeah, he had three to four years left on his, maybe two or three, but yeah. But that'll wrap us up for our NFL talk. We'll again, we'll have our Super Bowl special next week, two hours, ten to twelve on Weagle ninety one point one FM. When we come back, we will go into the world of the NBA and NHL and other sports. Talk a little bit of that hockey. 
And but don't go anywhere. You are listening to Weagle, Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. This is Daniel Locke alongside me, my color man, my good friend Griggs Blankenberg. So in the last segment, we talked about the NFL, and this segment is going to be kind of our miscellaneous sports segment. Leading off, coming out of Tuscaloosa, I'm quoting Michael Cassangrand on Twitter, breaking news, Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding arrested for DUI. Well, I know a lot of Alabama fans, you know, growing up in this state, and this time in like last year, if there was a bounty on this dude's head, like people hated him. Alabama's defense was struggling. This year, however, struggling. They still won the national title. They're. I'm getting to that. <laughs> they got better throughout the year, as the units do. This year, their defense started out pretty bad as well. You let Florida almost put up thirty on you, but you know they got better. But now his future with Alabama is very, very bleak, I think. I think he might be done. I don't know if you can say that specifically. I think you got to get into the details, but driving under the influence is never good in any situation. But I think eh, it's, it's, it's a rough road right now, I think. It's a rough road ahead. They're going to have to definitely look into that and see what's going to happen with that. But, yeah, let's get into a little bit other some other stuff. The some M- brighter news. <laughs> Uh, let's start. Uh, let's start off with uh, I'll do a little bit of talking soccer with the U.S. men's national team last night beating Honduras three nil in Minnesota, with Wonder Boy Christian Pulisic scoring after coming off the bench. But they also lost the other day two to nothing versus Canada without without Can Alonso uh, Alfonso Davies, but. I think the U.S., I think they're still going to qualify for the World Cup. They just can't really lose another game. I think they, if they tie one, one more game and win a few more, sure, I think we'll get in. But I just think if we don't want to have a situation that happened back in uh, 2019, uh, what was it, 2018, then we have to start stepping it up now and make sure that yeah. doesn't happen because this is too good of a team to have a lull right now in the most important yeah, this our... is one of the best men's national teams I feel like we've seen in a while because they've played really good at times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my Norwegian guys didn't qualify. <laughs> so I, I need one of my two teams in. Holland, man. Mm. He's, he's a beast. He really is. And I really feel like he's going to be the next Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> he is so, so, so good. And... It's a shame that I will not get to watch the Navy Blue Cross play in mm-hmm. the World Cup. So I need my home country to play because, you know, I'm not from Norway. I wish I was. I feel like that'd be really cool to tell people. However, I am American, so I'm rooting for the U.S. men's national team to figure this out and get in. All right, let's get into some NBA. I, I guess you, you, you take the wheel on this first one. Sure thing. My Boston Celtics last night were able to knock off Griggs' Charlotte Hornets. The game was in Boston, and it was fun to watch. LaMelo had a career-high 38 points. However, it was not enough. My boys were able to get it done. 
Um, Jason Tatum had 19 points. Uh, Robert Williams third had 10. Marcus Smart had 22. Jalen Brown had 15. Then on the other side, P.J. Washington had 16. Um, obviously, Lamelo's 38. Terry Rozier had 23. So a very competitive game, very fast-paced. Neither team wanted to lose, and it was just one of those that went from first tip to the final buzzer. I just really enjoyed watching it. Mind if I say something? Absolutely. I will say it 100 times on the show before it is loud and clear. I need Mitch Kupchak to hear this. I'll say it 100 times more as well. The Hornets need a center. We have gone so long without one. I remember we drafted Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller. Nothing happened of that. We now have Mason Plumlee. What are they doing? We had Bismack Biombo last year. We need a center. I believe, I fully believe in my heart, this is a four seed with a center. I've said this for the last two, since we got LaMelo, and I realized, okay, LaMelo's actually better than Anthony Edwards. We need a center. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, of course, my mind's blank right now, but I'm sure there are some pretty good centers in this year's draft class. Hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't, I would, I don't like him right now, but Toshibwe, I'd be fine with him. I'd be fine with him going to the Hornets. Yeah. But we kind of need, like, I don't know how his build would hold up in the NBA now. I need, you need that scoring big as well. Yeah, you do. And I feel like going back to Alabama basketball, I was talking to my dad at the Baylor game. That's kind of where they struggle, is that they don't have a big playmaking center. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not everyone can have Walker Kessler. Right. Like, thanks, thank, thanks, Chapel Hill. <laughs> but, yeah, um, next topic with the NBA – Sixers talk, trade deadline. Will, I believe, who should be the MVP right now if it ended today, Joel Embiid, get some help. What do you, what are your thoughts on that being from being a fan of the Eastern up there? Yeah, he needs help. Like, that. that's a very good team right now. I feel like if they could just get him some help, things would go even better for that team. I don't – I've been kind of thinking a little bit about, you know, who to target – and quite honestly, that's that's the tough thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just I have trouble thinking like who would be easy to get without having to, or maybe not easy, but who would be doable to get without having to trade a bunch away. And I'm not sure. Like it's kind of hard to come up with a I name. Mean, what, what team is going to want to? I mean, your tra- trade capital right now is Ben Simmons, but who's going to want him? Right. Like I wouldn't want Ben Simmons. I, I mean, I don't. I, he can play defense. I mean, he. I remember listening to uh, Barstool Sports. Part of my takes, they someone one of them made the take either Big Cat or PFT said he'd be the greatest player in NBA history if there's no basket. <laughs> That's hilarious. But the way he plays defense, but you got to score, man. I mean, think about these number one players coming out of the SEC. Their teams were terrible. You had Ben Simmons at LSU who didn't even make the tournament. You had, and then you had Georgia uh, in twenty what 2019, 2020 postseason, but yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what, no offense to your boy Tom Crean, but I think Anthony Edwards is the whole reason he's still sticking around. I think so, too. And maybe if you don't, if they kind of were hold out and not trade for, not really get any significant help at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. you've really got to think about that in the draft. Like, they have a pretty good team. I don't think it's quite good enough to win the NBA Finals, so... They're going to kind of be in that kind of rough spot where you don't have a great draft pick, but you also don't get – you don't really go too far in the playoffs mm-hmm. since 
I could see them getting bounced first or second round. I really can. I I mean, I could too. I don't really see any, besides the Suns on the Western Conference side and the Warriors, I don't really see anyone from the East. I'm like, that's my team, I think, who's going to win the East and has a chance to win it all. Yeah, the East is wide open. But yeah, um, real quickly on LA, I mean, this is what we've been saying all along. I mean, three stars can't, there's only one ball. Right. LeBron, uh, Westbrook, and AD. I mean, I kind of sensed this was going to happen. I didn't think they were going to win at all. There's no need for this team to be below 500. It's just crazy. I mean, but I think they'll still make the postseason if they stay healthy, which is a high task for Anthony Davis and now starting to sound like LeBron. I think they'll make the postseason. I don't think they'll make it far at all since that Western Conference is so stacked right now. But They're in a play-in tournament right now. But I mean, LeBron, the Pelicans are only a game and a half out of play. LeBron James was really anti-play-in before his team started to play in it last year and this year. Yeah. But going into our hockey talk a little bit now, we're in the All-Star break. But the U.S. Olympic team won 5-2 today against Finland in the first round, so that's oh, nice. always good. Not, I don't really, I don't think anyone really is paying attention to the No, Olympics. since they don't have NHL players, it's kind of... I, mean, I don't know any of these guys. I just still remember the NHL moments. I mean, the 2010 Winter Olympics with Crosby and versus that Olymp- versus that American team. I was like one of the most highest viewed hockey matches, hockey games ever. Yeah, it was really entertaining too. Like, then, I wouldn't, I didn't watch it live, but I heard like a lot of good stuff about it. Oshie so. in the 2014 Olympics. Mm-hmm. That man yeah. would shoot out master. Yeah, and you know, I kind of miss seeing that. A little bit, like I'm, I'm definitely going to miss um, those bigger teams in the those NHL players in the mm-hmm. Olympics. I think they, I think they'll come back. I think it's just yeah, I think it's just China this year. And that COVID stuff yeah. going on right now, but hopefully next year for sure, or not next year, <laughs> but in 2026. Yep, that'd be the next one. Yep. All right, but now to cement our status as the number one Oilers podcast for Oilers slander. Evander Kane signs a contract with the Edmonton Oilers. My goodness, this is a train wreck rate waiting to happen. They've sold out. They have proved that they do not care about the quality of the players on their team. They're just trying to do anything they can to get relevant again. If the season were to end today, they would not make the playoffs. The Calgary Flames would get that fourth spot over them in the Pacific Division. The Flames are a three have a three-point lead over Edmonton. You have two of the best players and best scores in hockey right now with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. There's just what's the reason? Like and you're gonna bring in Evander Kane? Like, come on. You're better. I mean in the last year in the last year, I'm not even talking about the fake COVID car, I could care less, but like this this man filed for chapter uh, he filed for bankruptcy for twenty six point eight million dollars. His wife accused him. He was proven not guilty, but still, it's still crazy that this happened. His wife accused him on betting on his own games. He he faked the COVID car. I mean, but I mean, why would you just lie about that? Just say I mean, like Antonio Brown. I mean, <laughs> the two people who are faking COVID vaccines are Antonio Brown and Evander Kane. That's not really good camp you want to be in right now. No, but. Why do you want to bring into this person in who has such a questionable past into a locker room that's already has such high tensions right now with one of the best players 
of our time right now in Connor McDavid, one of the best all-around uh, points mans in Leon Dreisaitl. They are dumping gasoline on the spire. If yeah, they they got to figure it out quickly, man, or it it's gonna turn into another where Gretzky. I mean, Connor hasn't won anything in uh, Edmonton yet. But can you imagine if we're saying that five to ten years from now, like the Oilers had Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid at the same time, and they didn't do anything? I mean, yeah, I mean they have to win something. Yeah, like you, you've got you've got to find a way to get into the playoffs this year. You've got to. Yeah, when we come back from this break, our last segment of the show is our weekly Who You Got weekend pick'ems. We will pick a lot of college basketball this week, and we'll get some of our takes on the upcoming matchups, including UGA Auburn at UGA. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on ninety-one point one FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me, my co-host, Griggs Blankenberg. We've had a great show today. We've gone through a bunch of college basketball stuff. Then we kind of recapped conference championship week in the NFL and previewed the Super Bowl a little bit. Then we moved into kind of our miscellaneous sports segment where we talked about the men's national team, um, NBA, NHL. All sorts of stuff. I might be leaving something out. But, you know, we have our weekly pick'em segment, Who You Got. Griggs has a 14 to 5 semester, or his semester record's 14 and 5. Mine is 10 and 9. This will be a semester long thing, and there will be a reward for the winner. We have not figured that out yet, but. Tweet us some ideas. We'll yeah, tweet us some ideas. We, we've kind of been at an impasse on what to do, but. Yeah, let's get into it for uh, who you got again. Daniel said I have a fourteen to five lead right now over Daniel ten and nine, but here we go. We'll start off with a lot of college basketball. We have a lot of college basketball picks this week with the NHL being on break. First game Saturday at eleven a.m. The UConn Huskies travel to Villanova. So Daniel, who you got? Ooh, give me Coach Wright. Give me Villanova. I'm going to go Nova, too. I mean, it would look really good if UConn keeps winning just because that's Auburn's one loss. If we happen to drop another game, they look back and see, like, okay, Auburn lost to this very good UConn team instead of, oh, they lost to this mediocre UConn team at the end. But, yeah, give me Nova. Next game, I know we're going to have a little bit of difference on this one. The Fighting Illini of Illinois take on the Indiana Hoosiers at Assembly Hall. The the Assembly Hall in Indiana, that is. The real Assembly Hall. We can get into that later. But, Daniel, who you got? You know, I love IU. Always have. Always will. That was my number two choice on where to further my education. Give me the Hoosers. Give me Mike Woodson. Undefeated in the suit. Mike Woodson, if you're listening, wear the darn suit. (laughs) If I see you in the polo, I'm turning off the TV because there's no point. Give me the boys from Champaign. Give me the Fighting Illini. Because there's a big di- there's a big difference in this game. One team has Kofi Coburn, and one team does not. One team has Mike Woodson's suit, hopefully, and one does uh, not. I don't know what the status of um, Curbelo is. I don't know what he's going to do. If they got him back, that'd be great. I mean, they just beat Wisconsin last night, so that was good. That was a very good win for this Illini team. But I think Coburn's going to dominate against the Hoosiers. But, yeah, give me the, give me the boys from Champaign. But our next game, we're going to turn to the SEC. 
Saturday in Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina. That is Tennessee at South Carolina. Daniel, who you got? Um, you know, this was a little tough. This one definitely caught me a little bit trying to think and make an educated guess. I'm going to rock with Tennessee just because they've been pretty good this year, and I feel like Tennessee, I feel like they're they're up there in the SEC, and I feel like even though they're on the road, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, I'm going to go with the Gamecocks. I mean, just because I just don't – I don't trust Tennessee's offense. That is that is a boring brand of basketball they play. They can – if they can't be – I mean, they lost to Kentucky by 30 because they can't score the basketball. It is ugly to watch. And I think South Carolina, I forgot who who's the great the good player they had. Uh, Stevenson, my goodness. When he played against Auburn, he had like half their points. I think he's going to help them lead them to a victory. So give me the game, Cox, down in Columbia. Fair enough. Uh, next game, we're turning over to the Big 12. Iowa State at Texas. Texas coming off a loss at Texas Tech. So, Daniel, who you got? I think Texas is going to be hungry. Um, they kind of redeemed that a little bit. And it's at home. Mm. And I feel like home court advantage or home field, home ice, home whatever you got, I feel like college basketball is where a home advantage is the biggest, where it means mm-hmm. the most. So give me Texas. I'm going to go with Iowa State here. I think Texas is down from when they lost to Texas Tech. I mean, Iowa State come uh, coming off that nine-point loss to, uh, versus Kansas. But – They've been struggling a little bit. They're still ranked. I think te- Texas has played okay. I mean, but I just trust Iowa State. I don't even know. There's not really even any, really anything to back it up that much, but I just have a feeling that Iowa State's going to do that, and I'm going to go with my gut. Keeping it in the Big 12, though, we got Baylor at Kansas. Both teams coming off losses in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. One loss is a little bit different than the other. Kansas absolutely got blown out of the water at Allen Fieldhouse versus Kentucky, 80-62, to while Baylor lost at Coleman, 87-78. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, this is tough. Very intriguing matchup. Um, both teams are kind of coming off being a little shell-shocked. But it's at Allen Fieldhouse. I'm going with Kansas. Yeah, I'm going with Kansas, too. I just... Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Ochi Ajabia, something like close that. enough. Close enough. He's one of the top players. I've seen his name next to Jabari Smith constantly on the day when I'm reading articles about that stuff. Sure, probably should be able to pronounce his name by now. But yeah, I think Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, I think it's really good. Nothing like Auburn Arena though, unfortunately for them. But I just think Kansas gets it done at home. I, Baylor's a little struggled a little bit on the road and at home this year actually, but. Yeah, give me Kansas at Allen Field. I don't think they're going to lose two in a row. Um, what is it? Has it been two in a row at Allen? Uh, I don't think they're going to lose two in a row at Allen Field because they beat I- ISU at ISU. Yeah, I don't think so either. Moving on to uh, the Pac-12, USC number 19 Trojans taking on the number seven Arizona Wildcats, 4 p.m. at Arizona. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, Arizona's red hot right now. Um kind of the opposite of their football program. So I'm going to go with Arizona. I'm going to go with Arizona, too. I think they're just – I think they're one of the teams I'm worried about for Auburn. I think they have a really good resume. I mean, they've lost two games. One of them was at UCLA, which is one of the best teams in the nation. And I just don't think Evan uh, – Mo- the Mobley brother uh, – he's going to – Mobley's going to get done for USC, so. 
Give me the Wildcats. Moving on to the greatest rivalry in college sports, for basketball at least. I don't want to get people too mad when I say that about the Iron Bowl, but I grew up on this rivalry. It is the Battle of Tobacco Road, Duke at Chapel Hill at UNC. The Tar Heels are 16-6. They split the last 10 meetings at the Dean Dome 5-5-5. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, this is tough. Um, I like UNC a lot. It was my kind of reach school where I didn't think I'd get in academically, but I still – I didn't even apply, but I I was pretty close. Like, I was looking at stuff. But that was where I – if you could have told me grades didn't matter, that's probably where I would have gone, either there or Notre Dame. But I like UNC a lot. I love Chapel Hill. However, I just don't think they win. I think Duke wins. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. I can't pick for Duke when they play Chapel Hill. I mean, my mom went to Chapel Hill. I I hate seeing Duke have success anytime. I mean, they never have it in football. But I think UNC wins. I think it's the rivalry games are so different. I mean, we could example this might even be Alabama versus Auburn's here at Auburn. No one thought Auburn was going to win. But we had our backup quarterback on like one ankle, and we still almost won. But yeah. I think these are one of those games where Chapel Hill plays a little bit harder in. I mean, that can Duke's been ranked higher than them when they played here a lot in the past couple of years. But I think uh, if you're um, who's the, who's the coach of Chapel Hill? I completely forgot his name. He blanked in my head. I did too. Oops. But uh, Hubert Davis. That's who it is. Gotcha. I think he needs to win this game. I think he needs to show that he can beat Duke because he's one of those coaches that Chapel Hill is going to have a very short leash on after coming off for Roy Williams. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to take the, the Tar Heels and Chapel Hill. Shout out to all my friends who go to UNC. Our last college basketball game of the Pick'em is num- uh, number five, Kentucky. Wow, can't believe I'm saying that. Versus the Alabama Crimson Tide at Coleman Coliseum. Daniel. Who you got? Man, this is tough. Um, You know, Alabama, it's hard to pick against Alabama just because of what they've done. Like, the only time I'd pick against Alabama is if they're on the road against a team with a losing record. But, or when they're playing Auburn. Mm -hmm. However, this Kentucky team, I feel like they're still bitter about what we did to them. They took that anger out on Kansas. I don't think they're playing around – I think this is when Alabama can't play up to the competition. Give me the Wildcats. If college basketball has talked about anything this year, I mean, Alabama's been crazy at home. I'm going to take the Tide just because what they've done to teams when they've come into Coleman, besides Auburn. I mean, it was like they've won their last 24 games. 20, in their last 24 games, they're 23-1. and one. People are like, who's that one loss? That is the Auburn Tigers. But I think Alabama's going to get it done there. I think UK, I mean – I mean, if they're everybody's, everyone's Super Bowl, they're going to get it here. I think if they if Alabama wins this also, I think it'd be huge for Auburn because that means we have a three-point lead over Kentucky for the number one in the SEC. But, yeah, I got Alabama. Moving quickly on to our basketball. We took a little while in college, but NBA, Knicks at Lakers. Go through this quick. Daniel, who you got? Knicks. Yeah, give me the Knicks. I don't trust the Lakers with I don't their either. injuries. Uh, next one, our last NBA pick, Miami at Charlotte. A little bit of a homer pick for me. Daniel, who you got? Give me Charlotte. Miami's the better team, but I'm going to take the Hornets. I think if they can get Gordon Hayward back and healthy, if Miles Bridges can score more than six points like he did last night, 
I think they the Hornets are going to win, no matter if Jimmy Butler's on or not. Ending off the show, our final pick of the week. This is pretty simple. Auburn at Georgia. Daniel, who you got? Auburn by a million. <laughs> Give me the Tigers. I think this is the game that gets your boy Tom Crean fired. I think he'll be enjoying a job somewhere else soon. Maybe with an IU booster. Who knows? I hope he goes to high school ball in Indiana. I mean, but hey, I mean, I would love if Tom Cree got a lifetime contract there because we beat him like that. But good show, Daniel. This was a, had a good time today. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back next week for our two-hour Super Bowl special. Be sure to stay tuned on Twitter for exactly me or Griggs for exactly what time we're going to do that. We need to get that ironed out a little bit. However, it'll be a lot of fun. Please tweet at us for that one. Feel free to tweet at me anytime. Same with Griggs for anything you want to tell us, any questions you have, anything you want our opinions on. We will be happy to answer. Our inboxes are open. You got a lot of new followers this week, Daniel. I did. <laughs> I blew up on Twitter. My following grew like 600%. Shout out Pablo for me because he follows me now. But That's, that's cool. Good. That's cool. But... Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. This has been a great show. We'll see you back here next week for our two-hour Super Bowl special. Again, tweet us anything you want to talk, us to talk about specifically next, next week. We're going to try to find some guests, get some people on. But thank you for listening to the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.